Thank you so much, Pastor Dane, for that introduction. Will you pray with me before we begin our time of going through the Word of God? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time and this opportunity to sing praises to your holy name. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to come together using this technology to be able to take communion together, to be able to open the Word of God and, and to really just hear the Word that you have written for us. Father, without you, we are nothing. And Lord, we are going to go over a very heavy topic, um, but Father, we just pray that hearts will be open to receive your word, and for those who do not know who you are, may those individuals, those men, those women, may they be open to receiving the greatest gift that comes from you, the gift of new life, the gift of salvation through Christ alone. And for those of us who are Christians and may feel distant from you, Lord, we pray that there may be a restoration, that you may draw them closer to you, that they may be open, that healing may happen. For in you, Lord, there is new life. There is so much that you have given to us in the pages of the word of God. And we're just very excited this morning as we're going to go through the book of Habakkuk together. We just thank you so much for this opportunity to utilize technology and to be together, even though we're not in the physical building we are together here online during this live stream, or for those of us who are listening to the podcast, we're very grateful nonetheless. It is in your holy name, it is in Jesus' holy name that we pray, amen. So I want to start off by saying, you know, this has been one absolutely crazy year. There's been so much change that's been happening in the United States. There's been so much that's been happening in the world. This year, 2020, you know, I remember the end of 2019. I was preparing for, you know, my, my 30th year. I'm 30 years old now. I was thinking about this new decade, the 20s, you know. I think about the 1920s, the roaring 20s that happened. And I'm thinking, wow, this, this is going to be a great start to a new, to a new decade, essentially. And I remember thinking, you know, 2019 was okay. And then there came 2020. And I was thinking to myself, man, what was it I was complaining about with the 2019 and now we're in 2020? It really has been a year of change. It's been a year of transition for many of us. I know so many of us have been talking about this new normal. So, let, I mean, I just want to go over with you guys just for a moment. What are some of the things that have been changing in this year? Just the beginning of this new decade, the 20s. We had political unrest. We've had division in the United States between Democrats and Republicans. We had the George Floyd, that, that brutal murder that happened to George Floyd and the protests that follow. That was a huge event that happened. We also had the mask mandate. We've had these, we've had rioters. We've had protesters. We had COVID-19 that happened. This pandemic is still going on. And I can't help but just think about the question of how long is this going to be going on? I, I cannot help about the people who have died from this pandemic. I've also been thinking about, you know, the government's response to this. And I'm not saying that one way is right and one way is wrong. It's just been a reality for so many of us. Some of us, some people that I know have gotten sick from COVID-19 and some of us have really 
there's been so many different responses to that. And with such a transition, it's been very difficult for myself. And I know for many of you guys, it's been absolutely crazy. I remember the stay at home order that happened. And I just really hope and I, I pray that as we are ending this year 2020 and we begin to go to transition to 2021, that this next year will be a different year, that it'll be a better year. And Father, I just pray that this next year will be better. We have the mask mandate. We've had businesses shut down. We've had people who have died because of COVID. I don't know the time frame of how long this is going to happen. And I don't know really what's going to happen next. We've even had other strange things that have happened. I know one of the crazy things that I read recently or not not too long ago, a few months ago, was the killer wasps that, that have been happening, if any of you guys read about that. And I know another big thing that's been going on has been censorship, that there have been voices of different different sides of the political spectrum, of the social spectrum that have been censored. And I know that's been a very crazy thing. So it just seems like there's been a trajectory that's been going on that has really been something, uh, you know, you look at 2019 and you look at 2020 and it's like night and day just to see the differences that have been happening. I, I miss a lot of things that, that we took for granted in 2019. I miss going to a movie theater. I miss going to a restaurant. And I know some restaurants are having indoor dining, but I, I miss a lot of the, the normalcy, that the normal things that we were doing together just a year ago. And I really pray that we can get back to normal. And it almost seems like this new normal is what we're going to be facing. So I don't know the trajectory. With this year 2020, I cannot help but think there is a question that many of us have been asking. There's questions that come to mind. A question that I'm thinking of right now is one question is how can we as Christians respond to recent events, to these events, COVID-19, the social and political unrest that are happening to us? How can we respond to that? What can be done about such events? Does God's work speech to times such as this? Will things get worse due to the trajectory of recent events? And how can we apply the word of God to such critical and crucial times? These are just some of the many questions that some of you guys who, who know me really well have been asking. I know some of the youth 180 give you guys a shout out. Some of you guys have been asking those questions. Some people at Impact Christian Church have been asking similar or even different questions. But these are questions nonetheless that we have to take into account. That first question here, how can we respond to recent events that are happening to us? Well, we turn to the word of God and the word of God is truth. It speaks life. It is that light in the darkness for such dark times as this, for such critical and crucial times as this. We respond by praying for each other. We respond by being present with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We respond by exhibiting love, the love of Christ that Christ has shown to us by Christ loving us first and foremost. And we exhibit that love to others. What can be done? Well, there's only so much we can do. But we take that ownership and responsibility by responding, by going out into the world, using technology. We, we can text our friends and our families. We can have video chats with each other. And I know that's not ideal, but it's something. And it's better to have this technology than to not have it at all. Because I cannot imagine what it would be like if this pandemic happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago for that. It would be very different. So we thank God for the use of this technology. Does God's word 
speak to such times as this? Absolutely. You know, the Bible is written as such an old text, written hundreds, thousands of years ago. But the truth that we find in the Word of God is applicable today as it was in the past. So God's Word does speak to us in times such as this. Another question that comes up often is, will things get worse due, the, to, due to the trajectory of recent events? And quite honestly, I don't know the answer of that. I don't know the future. I don't know God's timing and God's divine plan for us. But I will tell you this. No matter what happens to us, no matter what happens in your life, what happens in my life, how we respond is what's critical. Do we submit to God or do we not? Those are the kind of questions we have to think about. So I don't know if things will get worse, but quite honestly, I believe in a God that's much more powerful than recent events or events that are going to happen. And quite honestly, that's going to segue into what we're going to talk about today in the book of Habakkuk. And that final question, how can we apply the word of God to such critical times? Well, the thing is, no matter where you're at in your spiritual walk or your spiritual journey, you know, at Impact Christian Church, we encourage you to read, to read the Bible to study the Bible. And as you're reading and as you're studying and as you're growing, you will learn how to apply it. That is the challenge though. That's part of the challenge of being a Christian is to read the word of God and figure out, hey, how in the world am I supposed to apply that to my life? And so with that, we're going to go into the book of Habakkuk. Now, the book of Habakkuk, just a couple things about this. We don't really know much about this prophet, you know, the book of Habakkuk is right before Zephaniah, and it's right after after Nahum, which is in the Minor Prophets. So this is a book that not a lot of people are familiar with, but it is an important book, just like all of the books of the Bible are. Every single book is has been put into the Bible for a purpose, and it is for us to read, to study, to enjoy, and to learn from. But what's so interesting is the word Habakkuk means one who embraces or one who folds his hands. And we just don't know a lot about the prophet Habakkuk. We just know that it was written around the 7th century BC. Some scholars say 607 BC is around the time period that this was written. And so what's very interesting is this book is very similar to the book of Job. And if you guys remember the book of Job, or if you don't, Job had is a character is is a person in scripture who lost everything and it's this reoccurring theme that you see in the pages of scripture about why is there suffering in the world that is a critical question that was asked back then and it's also asked nowadays why do evil people, why do they have victory? Why does it seem like they're doing so well and, and a, a normal everyday Christian who's living righteously, Helectom 180, <laughs> why are people who are living righteously, why are they suffering? And why are the evil doing so well? That's a reoccurring question. You find that in the book of Job and you also find that in the book of Habakkuk. There's like this, almost like this parallel that exists between the two. And so Habakkuk also asks the question, why God don't you intervene? So for Job, it's like, okay, why is there suffering? You know, God ended up blessing Job at the end of the book. If a spoiler alert there, but really there was suffering because there was this, um, this conflict between God and Satan, the adversary. But here it's more of a, it's this dialogue. 
It's this dialogue between the prophet Habakkuk and God. And so what's so interesting, we're going to go into this and we're actually going to read the book of Habakkuk, surprisingly, because it's such a short book, but it's rich and it should be something we should take into account. So I want to go ahead and open it and then we'll just kind of delve into it. We'll read We'll read Habakkuk, we'll go over what it means, and then how it can apply to our lives, because this is such a short book, but such a rich one. So I want to go ahead and get started. You'll see the verse on the screen here, so feel free to follow along on the screen if you're watching, or if you have your own Bible, whatever translation you use. I know with me, I use my NASB, but today I'm going to use NIV here. I'm going to use my NIV Bible, or whatever translation you use. Some people use the NRSV, or whatever Bible you use. Feel free to follow along as we go through this. So let's begin. So Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1. This is Habakkuk talking to God. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. So that is Habakkuk talking to God. And God responds. He goes on in Chapter 1, verse 5 of Habakkuk, Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people, who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwelling places not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like a vulture swooping to devour. They all come bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They deride kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities. They build earthen ramps and capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on, guilty men whose own strength is their God. That's God responding. And then you have Habakkuk. He replies again. He follows up with God. O Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, we will not die. O Lord, you have appointed them to execute judgment. O Rock, you have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrong. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? You have made men like fish in the sea, like sea creatures that have no ruler. The wicked foe pulls all of them up with hooks. He catches them in his net. He gathers them up in his dragnet. And so he rejoices and is glad. 
Therefore, he sacrifices to his net and burns incense in to his dragnet. For by his net, he lives in luxury and enjoys choicest food. Is he to keep on emptying his nest, destroying nations without mercy? So at that point, Habakkuk asks the question, and then he follows up by saying here, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. So then God responds to him. The Lord replies, and it's in Habakkuk 2, um, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, he is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous will live by faith. Indeed, wine betrays him. He is arrogant and never at rest, because he is as greedy as the grave, and like death, is never satisfied. He gathers to himself all the nations and takes captive all the peoples. Will not all of them taunt him with ridicule and scorn, saying, Woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by, extor by extortion. How long must this go on? Will, will not your debtors suddenly arise? Will they not wake up and make you tremble? Then you will become their victim, because you have plundered many nations. The peoples who are left will plunder you, for you have shed man's blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Woe to him who builds his realm by unjust gain, to set his nest on high, to escape the clutches of ruin. You have plotted the ruin of many peoples, shaming your own house and forfeiting your life. The stones of the wall will cry out, and the beams of the woodwork will echo it. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by crime. Has not the Lord Almighty determined that the people's labor is only fuel for the fire? That the nations exhaust themselves for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woe to him who gives drinks to his neighbors, pouring it from the wineskin till they are drunk so that he can gaze on their naked bodies. You will be filled with shame instead of glory. Now it is your turn. Drink and be exposed. The cup from the Lord's right hand is coming around to you, and disgrace will cover your glory. The violent you have done to Lebanon will overwhelm you, and your destruction of animals will terrify you, for you have shed man's blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Of what value is an idol, since a man has carved it, or an image that teaches lies? For he who makes it trusts in his own creation. He makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to wood, come to life, or to lifeless stone, wake up. Can it give guidance? Is it covered with gold and silver? There is no breath in it, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. 
And that is God responding to Habakkuk. And at this point, this is where Habakkuk is praying to God because God has responded to his questions and he is praising God at this point in chapter three. So Habakkuk three, verse one, a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet on Sig'ananoth. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Tenem, the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens, and his praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand, where his power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled, and the age-old hills collapse. His ways are eternal. I saw the tents of Cushion in distress, the dwellings of Midian in anguish. Were you angry with the, with the rivers, O Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode with your horses and your victorious chariots? You uncovered your bow. Your bow, you called for many arrows, Selah. You split the earth with rivers, the mountains saw you and writhed. Torrents of water swept by, the deep roared and lifted its waves on high. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens at the glint of your flying arrows, at the lightning of your flashing spear. In wrath you strode through the earth, and in anger you threshed the nations. You came out to deliver your people to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped him from head to foot. Selah. With his own spear, you pierced his head when his warriors stormed out to scatter us, gloating as though about to devour the wretched who were in hiding. You trampled the sea with your horses, churning the great waters. I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones, and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, and though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord." I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights for the director of music on my stringed instruments. And so there we have the book of Habakkuk, a very short book and a very easy, well, a very short read at that. It's one of the shorter ones. It's said to take about 10 to 20 minutes to read, depending upon your reading speed. And so what we have here, we have the book of Habakkuk. We have in the beginning, in chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, we see Habakkuk, he's crying out to God. He's asking the question, and it's a very critical question indeed. Why does evil prevail? So you see, Habakkuk, he had this vision, the oracle, right? It was this vision, and he he's asking the question here, why? How long will this evil go on? I see that there's evil all around me. 
Justice is never served. And that's a critical question that Habakkuk asks, and I feel that many of us ask that same question. Sometimes we see things that are going on in our own lives. I am reminded of COVID-19. I'm reminded of 2020. The social unrest that's been happening, the division in this country, not to mention all of the just craziness that's been happening in our government, in our country, the response that people have been doing with COVID-19, that's very real. And we may cry out like Habakkuk, asking, how long is this going to go on? I see that there's this all this craziness, all this evil, all of this that's happening, that's going on around me. And it seems like nothing good is happening. Why don't you intervene, God? Why is, evilly, why is evil prevailing? And we have God who responds from chapter 1, verses 5 to 11. God's responding, and he says here, one of my favorite verses in all of scripture is Habakkuk 1.5. And this is one of the key verses I want you to remember here, you guys. Habakkuk 1, um, Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. God works behind the scenes. We may not see everything that's going on in our lives. Heck, there's so many things that's happening outside of us. We have no idea what's going on. We don't see how the the streams and how water works, the intricacies of flowers or light or the nebulas and, and the microscopic organisms. There's so much that is going on that we can't see, so many things that's happening in our lives that we don't know. God works behind the scenes. And no matter what is happening in your life, it's it, it would certainly appear that God is still there when things are happening to you, good and bad. And so in that verse, observe be mindful and understand that God is working behind the scenes. And we find in chapter 1, verses 6 through 11 of Habakkuk, we see that the Babylonians, that the Chaldeans are being raised up. There's a description of who they are and how ruthless they are. And, and it's, it's, you see this, the, the fact that they're being raised up. It's like, oh wow. God's saying, hey look, look what I'm, look what's going on. Look what I have. The hand of God is working in a way that you won't understand. Because you're seeing here, there's this, the, the Babylonians, they're being raised up, right? They're being raised up and they're ruthless, but yet they're going to carry out the hand of God. How is that going to work? So we find in Habakkuk 1, verse 12 through 17, there's that question. And this is the second question that a lot of people ask. How can evil bring forth God's will? That's a very interesting question here. I mean, look, God, going kind of back, a little bit back for a second here, God calls us to observe. God calls us to be mindful of things that are happening behind the scenes, even though we may not see them. So going to that question here, how can evil bring forth the will of God? Well, the Chaldeans, see, Habakkuk is acknowledging here, it's going to be in verse 12, that he says here, O oh Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, we will not die. O Lord, you have appointed them to execute judgment. O Rock, you have ordained them to punish. So Habakkuk is acknowledging the simple fact that God is appointing the Chaldeans to carry out the will of God. So that's something that's very significant here. 
is that it would appear that sometimes people are put in positions of power or they're put in a certain situation, even though they're evil, to carry out the will of God. And then you have this question that, that Habakkuk is asking. Well, you don't approve of evil, so why are you sending evil? That's a question a lot of Christians ask. What, why? And he goes on saying, why do you make men have no ruler? And he talks about the fish of the sea and whatnot. But look, and he's even saying in, in chapter 1, verse 15 through 16, I know I'm going really quick here, you guys. The Chaldeans, it seems like they're going to be happy even when they're through, right? Are they going to keep doing evil without no intervention? So that's when we go into chapter 2. Now, this is another significant verse through here. And that is um, Habakkuk 2, um, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. That is the preparing for God's response. Sometimes when we ask God a question, we have to be patient in his response. I know there's a lot of pastors who've talked about the three ways that God responds to an answer. He'll say yes, no, or not yet. That's not mine. I didn't make that up, but I've heard that many times from different pastors before. And we have to prepare for God's response when we ask him a question or we're saying like, hey, God, I, you know, I need direction in my life or hey, God, I don't know what's going on. So in the application of 2020, we may not know what's going on, but we have to be patient for God to move and to work behind the scenes, even if that means there's an evil person or there's someone in power that we don't like, or there's a pandemic like COVID-19 that's happening. God is working behind the scenes, even though we may not see what's going on. And so we see that Habakkuk is waiting for God's response. And I just think that's a very beautiful thing. He says, look, I, in, in, in chapter two, verse one, I will look to see what he will say to me. And we need to look for God and wait to see what he's going to say to us. So then in chapter 2, verses 2 through 20, we're going to see God's second response here. God tells Habakkuk to record what he says for the future. And you'll see in there, if you're following along, that it's talking about that Habakkuk was basically to write down what's happening there, right? He's going to write down what's going on for a future time. So it goes on to say in verse 5, in chapter 2, verse 5, the drunk and the proud will never be satisfied, right? The the alcoholic will constantly want to have more alcohol and the proud, they'll never be satisfied with that. And so it's going on in, in, in chapter 2, verse 6 through 8, it's talking about the one who is in debt, right? So I'm thinking about people who are, they have a lot of student loan debt or they have auto loan debt or personal debt, credit card debt, right? A lot of us have that. Well, it's saying that if you don't, Keep your debt in check, right? If you don't check yourself, you're going to wreck yourself, right? The debt's going to rise up and it's going to basically, you know, it's it's going to get you. And there's a lot of people who go through that. And in, in Habakkuk 2, verse 6 through 8, it's mentioning that. And I want you guys to understand that throughout the rest of chapter 2, Habakkuk is going over the concept. Well, actually, God is responding to Habakkuk. Um, yeah, God's second response here is you're seeing God reminding Habakkuk this idea, this biblical concept of sowing and reaping. And you find this a lot throughout the word of God. As you sow, so shall you reap. Saying in six through chapter six, or excuse me, chapter two, verse six through eight, to the one who gets in debt, debt can own you, right? That, that can happen. So you, if you loot or you rob from others, People are going to loot from you, right? And I'm thinking of Jesus Christ, how he says, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword. 
And then it goes on in chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, to the ones who build their house dishonestly, or they get evil gain from their house, as some translations say, you have sinned against yourself, and you will have it coming. You will reap what you sow. Verses 12 through 14, the one who is violent and kills to build something, it is not of God for you to be violent and to kill. So too, you will have it coming. You will reap what you sow. Verse 15 through 17, it's saying to the ones who make their, and I, 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 this one's always crazy. It's talking about people who are making people drink to get drunk, right? To the ones who make their neighbor, neighbor drink to get drunk and to violence, it is a disgrace. You too will have it coming. You will reap what you sow. And then verse 18, it's talking about what good is it for an, an idol to be created by something that's created? Now, this is an interesting one. You have someone who's, you know, making the golden calf or they're, or they're carving out an idol, right? Well, that idol is dead. It's an inanimate object. Right. It's it, it's it's dead and it can't produce life. So you would think that if it was God, it would be able to produce something that's living. So only God can produce life. But these inanimate objects cannot. They're neither living. So they're dead. And they know they can't produce life. Only God, which is light, truth and life can produce life. So that's a very interesting um, thing that you can take away from that. And um, so it also says that in verse 19, there's no life in inanimate objects. We should not place our trust in such objects because they're neither living nor do they give life. And then in verse 20, it's saying the Lord dwells in his temple. We should be silent before him. And so in that third chapter, you know, it's talking about Habakkuk's prayer in response. And so what's so interesting you have this whole section about how the sovereignty of God, the power and the might of God. But I love this. So I'm just going to read this real quick. Habakkuk 3 verse 2. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. The fear of the Lord is to have reverence and respect and be in awe and wonder of our God. So Habakkuk has the fear of the Lord, right? It says, renew them in our day, in our time, make them known. I love this. In wrath, remember mercy. Because Habakkuk realizes that these these evil people, even though they're doing evil things and they think they're going to become ahead, they're going to reap what they sow. So even though the Chaldeans are going to be rising up and they're going to do these terrible things, they too will reap what they sow. Because God will see to it that they will be, um, they will have it coming, that justice will be served in this life and or the next life. Well, I would actually add in the next life because look. There is punishment for evildoers, and that's hell. And I know a lot of people don't like talking about hell, but look, if you keep doing evil things and you don't have God at the center of your life, you're going to go to hell. That's just the reality of it. And so with that, he's going on in chapter three about the sovereignty of God. And he's, I, I just love that. I love that. And I want to put that on the screen. In wrath, remember mercy. God, you're, you are a just God and you will punish evildoers for their wicked ways. But remember mercy because God always gives the opportunity for us to repent of our sins and to turn to him and to have Christ at the center of our lives. And I want you guys to go to verse 16. It says, I heard and my heart pounded, my lips quivered at the sound, decay crept in my bones and my legs trembled, yet I will patiently wait for the day of calamity, wow, to come on the nation invading us. So no matter what bad event happens in your life, 
God's always going to be there. And it goes on. Look, look, it goes on. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Verse 18, Habakkuk 3, 18, I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in God, my savior. What a powerful verse that is that no matter what happens to your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, no matter what politician is elected, no matter what happens with mandates and laws that are passing, the censorship that's going on in our country or, or things that are going on in the world, no matter what happens, we have got to rejoice in the Lord for let us be joyful in God, our Savior. And in verse 19, it says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. And it reminds me of that famous passage that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It also should remind you guys who are watching or listening to this broadcast, podcast, whatever, wherever you're listening or hearing or watching, know this, God's always going to be there in your darkest moments. God's always going to be there. And God is our strength. He is the sovereign God. He will provide peace. He will provide joy. Peace that surpasses all understanding. The Bible talks so much about fearing not. And here's the thing, you guys. Remember those questions I was bringing up? How can we respond? We respond by trusting in God. We respond by studying the word of God. We respond by praying to God. Does God's word speak to such a time as this? Absolutely. Will things get worse? Maybe. But you know what? Even if they do get worse, let your faith, let your trust be in God, the solid rock, the sovereign God who's in control, everlasting to everlasting, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father. May you have your faith and trust on him, the solid rock. May you build your life upon him. And how can we apply the word of God to such critical times? Well, we do this in love. For in everything we do, we love God and we love other people. That's what we're here about at Impact Christian Church. We love, we learn, and we serve. And in the same way we are to love God and to love others, part of exhibiting that love is to serve God and to serve others. And so even though there's so much change that is happening in this world, may we remember that we worship a God who's much more powerful than any politician, than any virus, or any mandate. So I just, I believe in that, God, you guys, and I hope that this message speaks to you. May 2021 be a better year for us. May 2021, may we trust in God more than we ever have before. May we lean into God and may we have God at the center of our life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we conclude our time here this morning, may we recognize that here on earth, there will be suffering, there will be calamity, there will be events that we, that are completely out of our control. And even though we may have evil people come to power or bad events come to it, you are in control, God. You are sovereign, you are mighty, and you work behind the scenes as the book of Habakkuk is saying, Father God, we love you, we praise you, and we glorify you, Lord. And we thank you so much for just having the opportunity to read the Bible, to learn the Bible, to study the Bible, and Lord, challenge us to live out the word of God. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And for those of you guys who have never made a decision for Christ, I encourage you guys to do so. To have a decision for Christ is the greatest decision you can ever make for yourself because it will affect your life here on earth 
and in the next in eternity. And for those of you who believe in God and you may feel distant, I want to pray for you guys. So I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into this broadcast. And I just, I pray that 2021 will be a better year, spiritually speaking, no matter what happens here on the earth. And once again, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into this broadcast. May God be with you and may God bless you abundantly.